Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sasland. Today we are learning the last page of Masachet Nedarim, Daf Tzadi Aleph, page 91. I'd like to return to the Mishnah that we studied yesterday. Originally, the law was as follows. Three categories of women leave their marriages and take their ketubah with them. That is, they can leave their marriage with the money that was promised them. If a woman says to her husband, I am defiled to you and therefore I am forbidden to you, she may leave her marriage with the ketubah. As we discussed yesterday, this particular case refers to the wife of a Kohen. But on our daf today, the rabbis explain why this has to be the case. At the top of Ahmed Aleph, Rav Papa asks, what exactly is the case here of a woman who simply has to say, and then may leave her marriage with the ketubah? With what are we dealing here? If you say, if you're talking about the wife of an Israelite, then there are a couple of options. If it was with an intentional defilement, that is adultery, then would she even get her ketubah? She would not deserve it. She committed adultery, she forfeits the ketubah. And if she was defiled unwillingly, that is, she was taken by force, then would she actually become prohibited to her husband? Mika Mitzra al Gavra, she wouldn't need to leave the marriage because an Israelite may remain married to a woman who has been violated. Would we actually make her leave the marriage? No, we would not. Ve'ela be'eshet kohen. Rather, this must be about the wife of a kohen. Iberetzon, if she was with another man willingly, klum yeshla she wouldn't get a ketubah. But should she be less responsible than the wife of an Israelite? Rather, are we not talking about a case of a woman who has been defiled unwillingly? The Mishnah already taught us that she has a ketubah. So it has to be a woman who did not commit adultery, and it has to be a Kohen's wife. I think this is so classically genius, how the rabbis deduce that it has to be a Kohen's wife. Let's review. It can't be an Israelite's wife, because on the one hand, if she had intentionally committed adultery, of course she wouldn't be able to take the ketubah. And if she had not committed adultery, but actually had been defiled without her consent, then she wouldn't have to leave the marriage. So that wouldn't make sense. So it must be the wife of a Kohen because if she didn't um, bear its own, 
if she did it willingly, then that's not this case because she wouldn't be able to take her ketubah. But if she did it the onus, if she was defiled against her will, that would make sense. It would have to be the wife of a Kohen who was defiled against her will. It sounds logical, but it is exactly what people mean when they talk about the way some brains work, the way some people have a Talmud cup, the Talmudic mind. I teach at a Jewish private high school, Solomon Schechter of Westchester. We often talk there about how the studying of rabbinic texts actually prepares students for thinking in more advanced and logical ways in all areas of their life. And it is so true. This is the perfect example of that. It's as if the rabbis are detectives saying, wait, just one more thing. How could this be referring to a woman married to an Israelite? And wait, how could this be a woman who committed adultery? It has to be this particular case. We can almost hear the detective work happening right on the page. It's so brilliant to me, and I think it's a beautiful um, insight with which we should move to the seum of this Masechet, the conclusion of this tractate. It's true, I am skipping a number of somewhat crazy stories at the end of the Masechet. The adulterer who breaks through a wall of palm fronds to avoid meeting the husband of his lover. And then the question, would a real adulterer save the husband's life or would he rather kill the husband of his lover? Kamash Malan, a true adulterer, would rather have the husband dead. I'm not exactly sure how we should read these stories. Are they just Talmudic soap operas? Or I kind of believe that these are meant to be entertainment for the conclusion of the Masechet. We've slogged through a whole tractate of oaths and vows. Here, the rabbis are offering us a little bit of slapstick, some cuckolded husbands for your entertainment. So I would rather focus on the genius of the Talmudic mind and the way that it creates a logical brain. The way that it creates a brain that always wants to ask a question, that always wants to divide it into cases and figure out exactly what are we talking about here and wait a minute, does that really work and could it work in this case? That's the thing that feels like it is being talked about in the Hadron, in the conclusion of any Masechet where we finish and we say thank you for making us the kind of people who study Talmud. Thank you for making us the kind of Jews who are so at home with this kind of logic. Hadran alach, Masechet Nedarim. Thank you, God, for helping us to finish this Masechet. May we be blessed to return to it and to other Masechtot. And thank you also, we say, for making us the kinds of people who enjoy this type of study and who make the time to do this kind of study. Thank you for making our portion among those who sit in the house of study and not among Yoshvei Kranot, those who sit in the corners. Some people suggest that Yoshvei Kranot refers to people who hang out on street corners. Maybe it simply refers to those who sit outside our community of learning. Thank you, God, we say in the Hadron, for helping me, helping us to feel like insiders, even occasionally in this world of Torah study. Please, God, keep making our Torah study sweet. Make it sweet in our mouths and in the mouths of all your children of Israel and help us to continue to learn Torah Lishma, 
Torah just for the fun of it, so that we can always be people who understand you, God, at such a deep level. The Talmudic mind is a gift, and we continue to cultivate it when we study these Masechta. So listeners, Mazal Tov on completing another Masechet. May Torah continue to be sweet for you and for all the generations ahead. Until next time. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.